0: We're glad you're here at the Grove today. Welcome. My name is Eric Mctoy. If you don't know me, the pastor of the Grove and just want to introduce myself. Thanks for coming. If you're a guest, thanks for coming and being a part of service with us today. Uh, We hope you enjoy service and things will be great. Uh, One Hope, giving out some books this month. Last month, our check-ins went to Feed One. Um, we were able to give an additional 100, 130 meals to kids, which is awesome, just from check-ins. Um, but here's the good news. Uh, last week, the week before, uh, our church took it upon ourselves to say, what would it look like if we could come together as a church to bless the community in Haiti and feed kids who don't have food? And uh, us as, as, a, as a church, as a, as a team, as a community, got together, and we we're feeding around 111 kids as of today. So isn't that awesome? Can we celebrate that? I thought thought as a church it would be possible for us to to, to sponsor about 100 kids, and you guys went over and beyond that. So thank you so much for all that you signed up. Um, some people told me to still some packets they want to bring in. Feel free to bring those in whenever you, whenever you want. And you can get one up. Get one if you need one. Um, and if you have questions about that, let us know. But we're excited just to see. If you signed up, you should have already got, got an email um, already feeding a kid from from your sponsorship. And in the future, we'll be uh, learning more about that community. And maybe one day we'll go visit it. It would be awesome to go see and go do some good good down there. So we're excited for that. Um, I want to say welcome to all those listening online. Uh, join in. Into our podcast or our uh, Facebook Live. Thanks for for tuning in, and we're looking forward to having a good service today. We're in part four of a series called Heart. Um, it's been, um, I think, a really good series. Uh, as we get as we get ready to go into the season of Christmas and into this new year, um, there's a tendency that this season. Um has the ability to reveal to us a lot of things about ourselves. Right? When you're standing in line and uh and, and you're in a rush and it's a long line, uh things are revealed about yourself. How you view people, how you think about what you think about those things, um when when uh when there's a lot of traffic, there's different things that are happening. You have to get ready for family to come. Uh, knowing that you to have to talk to that person uh, pretty soon for the holidays, right? It just it brings some emotions, it brings some stuff up and it has a tendency to reveal things about us. And and for us as we ended a season of, of uh thanksgiving and christmas i thought it'd be great to talk about really what's really important to god um and that's the heart and so we're, we're talking about how, how god is looking at the heart he's examining the heart he's trying to figure out help us to, to figure out who we are but also to see ourselves and so i'm gonna do a review uh, this is part four today we're gonna talk about trust uh, which is an important um, part of the the heart series but i want to review if you're, you're, you're coming into this um first time the Grove, or you haven't heard the series. You're coming in mid conversation, so let me catch you up a little bit about what we've talked about so far. Uh, the first week, we talked about love, love giving. We talked about how, we're, God is looking for people who are going to represent Him, and we we are we represent Him the best when we are generous and when we give, uh, because over and over the Bible talks about that. That's how that's God's character. He's a generous God. He's a God that gives, and we said that uh, when we give, uh, well, here's here's the verse, Matthew six twenty one. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We talked about that. That our our heart is always revealed through the things we value. And so Jesus is saying, wherever you put your your treasures, your resources, your time, uh, your finances, wherever you put those, those reveal where your heart is. And he's saying, be aware of that. Uh, because your heart always follows what you value, and you can. And, and, and this whole series we're talking about that. So week one was love giving, and we talked about how when we give, it's, it declares God is first in our lives. It's a it's a faith statement that we say God here first. I'm going to give him my time. I'm going to give him my finances so that you can you can use these to to help others. Uh, so we said we give because it declares God is first. Second week was lo- life giving, and we said that we can only reproduce who we are. And we asked the question as What if everybody followed your example? What would our world look like? Um, if you're a life giving person, that would be a great thing because pe- life would be produced. In that. So the first two weeks, um, if you go to the next one for me, last week was week three and we talked about Thanksgiving and we, we talked about comparison. Um, such a good, good, good message for the holidays and, and, and just for us in general, for our, our culture. We said that when we compare, it actually sucks life from us. Uh, comparison sucks life from us. That comparison makes us miss what's right in front of us, uh, and it cause us to focus on what we don't have, and we miss what we do have. And that was, that was really good. We said that comparison caused us to see what we don't have, but gratitude, which is what God wants us to have, instead of comparison, it helps us to be aware of what's in our hands and to be able to, to trust Him with that. So if you missed those, you can go catch them on, on podcast or uh, Facebook and watch that. Uh, but today I'm going to the, talk about the next part, and we're going to be talking about trust. So here's the thing. Um... If, if you're like me, there's these moments in my life that I just wish everything would stop, right? Like nothing nothing stops. Uh, you, you just swept floors yesterday, and you have to sweep floors again. You just threw out the trash two times yesterday, and you have to throw the trash out again. Anybody, anybody with me so far? You just washed clothes, and you have to wash more clothes. You just took a test and you have to take another test. Um, you just read a book and now you have to read another book, um, and it goes on, right? Life just seems like it just keeps going on and on. And as soon as we think like we've overcome one, it's like, oh, there's the next thing, and we and we overcome one thing, and it's like, oh, there's the next challenge, and over and over and over. Well, here's here's what. The danger in that is, is there's these moments where we just want to be like I just I quit I give up I don't want anything to do and it can cause us to be frustrated it can cause us to burn out in our workplace when 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 it just feels like it's always 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 going um, and when you have the wrong perspective it, it will cause cause frustration it'll cause us to want to just quit it'll cause us to want to give up. And today, as I was, as I was, uh, this week, as I was preparing for, the, for this week's uh, topic on trust, I realized that the people in, throughout Scripture, throughout the Bible, that God used and the people that, that found the most joy in life were those who had a, a, the correct perspective when it came to life's challenges that come our way. Uh, we're going to talk a little about this, how, how they saw the things that come. See, because one person sees a challenge as a problem, where another person sees a challenge as an opportunity. What kind of person are you? See, when, when, I, when I look at challenges in my life, I look at things that just keep going, and I'm like, man, I just want, I want all to stop. Uh, sometimes it's because I'm looking at things as a problem, not as an opportunity. I'm looking at it as, a, as, a, as something that's a negative where it might actually be a really positive thing. And if I can figure out how to see the positive in it, I might be able to get something out of it. Because um, here's the truth. A lot of times we're, we're, we're in something that's difficult. We're saying, God, get me out of this. And God to say, no, I don't want you to get out of that because if, if I take you out of it, you're not going to get what you need to get out of it to learn, to, to, to mature, to grow. Um, and what happens is we have a lot of people that are hoping that God will rescue us so that, like a spoiled child, get everything we want and we never have to mature and grow up. We just get what we want when we want it. God to say, no, you have to develop something in your life um in fact if you look at scriptures if you just do this you can go on bible Biblegateway.com on your computer or on your phone on on the app there's a bible app you can download if you just go to the search engine the window and you put you put test um you'll see that all of a sudden all these scriptures will come up about about how god tests people uh that they go through these different things for example uh, one of the first ones i saw when when i searched this was it says abraham is tested uh, God, is, God is looking for people who will trust him and follow him. And he allows, he allows us to go through difficulties. He allows us to go through challenges. He allows us to face things that sometimes we don't think we can overcome or we can make it through. But he says, I'm going to test I'm going to test this person to see what's really there. Uh, I'm going to see what's there. And so he tests Abraham. Um, it says that he tests, tests the people of Israel. He rescues them from slavery. And this is what it says. Let me read it for you. Deuteronomy 8, 2 through 16. Or 2 and 16. The two verses we'll read. He says, remember how now... Remember how the Lord your God led you, led you all the way in the wilderness for those 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. So God allows us to go through things, and this is what he says, 40 years. And here's one of the reasons that the people of Israel wandered for 40 years is because they didn't get the test. They kept failing the test. They, they didn't realize what God was trying to do in their lives, and so they had to keep wandering and wandering and wandering. And I encounter people like this. They go through the same challenges over and over and over, and they don't realize that maybe, maybe they're not getting the right thing out of the challenge. They're not passing the test because they're stuck thinking the wrong way. And he went on and says this. He gave a manna from heaven, and it says to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well for you. So God's heart is to say, I'm going to allow you to go through things, but it's to, to give you something, to, to show you something for your own good. In the Bible, one of the, one of the people that we see in the Bible that got tested to the extreme. Like, man, I, I – um, when you read this story, you're thinking, man, this poor guy, his name is Job. Um, and and God God and the, and the enemy, the devil, are having this conversation. And God actually says, have you considered my servant Job? This guy is righteous. He's good. And and the enemy says, it's only because you've blessed him. If you take your hand off of him, he will curse you and he'll walk away from you. And God says, no, he's a man of character. I, 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 I believe that there's something in him that's good. And he allows the enemy to to test him um, to a point of where I think most people would break them. But he proves himself strong. He proves himself that he he has character. This is what Job says in chapter 7. Job says, for you examine us every morning and you test us every moment. God is always looking to see what's there. And here's here's the thing. God is testing us because he wants to reveal. He wants us to see what's there. Remember, our series is about the heart. And God is saying, I want people to be aware of what's in their heart because it's important for them to know that that's where, where all the issues of life come out of. It's, it's the heart. It's, it's, it's how we operate. It's how we relate to others. It comes from the heart. It's how we view things. It's how we see life. It comes from the heart. And he said, I want the heart to be right. I want, I want people to be p- people of character. And so we're tested. So here's the thing. Just know this, that every day of your life, your character will be tested. Uh, when you're going through trials, when you're going through temptations, when you're going through challenges – um, when you're going through, through testings, uh, whatever that looks like, and those are different things. The Bible talks about how there are different things that come at us. Um, depending on how you see those things, it will be depending on if you can uh, get through those. Because uh, he's trying to develop something in us. He wants us to be, to, to, to become uh, better than, than we were. In history, we look at these different nations that ruled. right? So the, the, the nation of Rome was a, was a very strong uh, military. Um, they dominated the world through, through military strength. All right. Part partly because of strategy, but the other part because they had superior equipment. Um, I learned a really interesting fact about, about the Roman army and, and, and some of the equipment that, that they made in the process. Um, you, you guys have probably seen this before. Uh, blacksmiths would, would make swords for the Roman, Roman, Roman uh, Empire. Uh, but here's the thing about the blacksmiths. They had to put their signature on the sword so that if the sword broke, they can actually be killed because their sword broke in, in battle. Um, so so you, you've seen this before a blacksmith will take uh, um, an uh, iron ore right piece of, of iron that kind of they, they can begin to mold and shape they get this, this this anvil and they get this this flame, they heat it up and they get this, this this metal mallet and they begin to to just hit it right over and over and over it's called the tempering process. they take this metal and they, they hit it and they hit it. And they heat it up, they heat it up, and it's super red, and, and they hit it, and they hit it, and they, they put it in cold water. They bring it out, and they look at the, 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 the metal, and they look for these black spots, because the black spots is where weakness in the metal. And they, they get it heated up again, and they begin to, 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 to temper it, and hammer it, and hammer it, and, and they, they put it in cold water, and they look for those black spots again. And what happens is, as the metal, the molecules heat up, and then when, it, when they, they hammer it, they put it in cold water, the molecules get closer together, so the metal's stronger. And so over and over, they're trying to make this metal really strong because they know at the end of the day, if they make a sword that has flaws and that's not strong, um, it won't do good in battle, their life – it could cost them their life. So they understand this is really important that – like, okay, so if if you're going to die over a sword, how long would you take on that sword, right? Sorry, guys. I'm still not ready. You've been working for like a year. I know, but I don't want to die over this sword. And they would keep working on that sword, and they'd be looking for those black spots. And as soon as one black spot's gone and the metal's strong, they go on to the next, next black spot. Here's what tempering means, right? To temper something means to make, to make strong and more resilient through hardship. So when you temper something, you're trying to make it strong and more resilient through something difficult. Um, the process of tempering a sword can be c- compared to the process of building our character. So when, when we face things in life... If, if you can begin to imagine with me that, that, that you're the sword, and God is this blacksmith that is, that is, is allowing us to go through this process of, of being heated up, uh, being, being hit over and over, and being uh, submerged in cold water. Why? Because he's trying to strengthen something in us, being tempered through trials, through tests, um, which I said, every day of your life you will be tested. Your character will be tested every, every day of your life. There's a moment where your character is tested, and if you're not aware of it, most likely you're not passing those tests. But if you are aware of it, you can begin to see that God wants to do something in your life if you allow Him. And, and here's the thing. The purpose of the tempering and the testing and the temptation that, that God allows is not to defeat us. In fact, it's the very opposite. It's so that it can strengthen us and show us that we can actually endure and overcome. Let me show you an example. So I talk about the people in the Bible that had the most joy in life, that did the most good for the kingdom of God. This is some of the things that they would say. All right, Paul. Writing writing the book of Romans, uh, he's, he's writing the church in Romans. He says this. He says uh, the church in Rome. He says we can rejoice, and rejoice is tied to gratitude, which we talked about last week. Gratitude is is reliving that joy, like that moment where you got something amazing, right? It's reliving that joy. So he's saying when we rejoice, we're, we're reliving that moment where we realize God's grace was there, or we realize God gave us something good. We're living in it. He says this that we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Anybody rejoicing when you run into problems and trials? Not most people, right? Like, I don't want problems with trial. That doesn't sound fun. But he said, be rejoicing in this also. For we know that this helps develop endurance. Wait, wait. Doing something that's, 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 that could be negative is actually in, put, uh, produce something positive. Develops endurance. And endurance, it develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. So Paul's saying, when we go through trials, when we go through difficulties, when we're put to the test, when we're being tempered, right? When we're going through something, it's because God is trying to develop something in us, something good in us. He's wanting to show us that, that there's something there we can, we can have confidence in him, uh, that we can trust him. In fact, what character means is this, that somebody's gone through the process or it's the result of, of a trial, of, of approval, of showing that you can, you can pass the test. Think of it like this. Uh, you go to see the doctor, right? How many of you are glad that doctors had to go through many, many tests, right? They had to pass a lot of exams. They had to pass a lot of things. Show that they knew their stuff. Why? Because it gives us confidence to know that they know a lot about what I'm going to be asking to help, help me with. If they don't go through those tests, if they, if they don't know this stuff, we wouldn't have a lot of confidence in them. So we go through things because in these tests, in these, in these challenges, there's something that's being developed. Uh, James um, he says it like this in the book of James, James 1, 2 through 4. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. So this week, you're going to face a trial. You're going to face a, a, a test or a challenge. All right. James tells us, consider it pure joy. How many of you guys are celebrating over something that's difficult? Um, yeah. This week, you face that challenge like, yes, this is pure joy, guys. I get to go through another difficulty. No, But he's saying if you have the right perspective, you can actually... Push through and learn more about who you are and what God has for you, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So He's saying when we go through hardships, it's actually testing our faith. What's another word for faith? Trust. It's us putting our trust in God. It, it, faith is 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 believing in something or someone, right? It, it's, it's us saying we can do that. And so He's saying well, as we go through this this testing period, it's producing us something in us. It's testing our faith to produce perseverance, which means we can. We can go the long haul. And then let perseverance finish its work so that you will be mature and complete, lacking nothing. So He's wanting to take us through this process of maturing. And when we find ourselves, when we, we find over and over these challenges that come our way, the problem isn't the challenge. It's, it's, it's the way we view it. It's how we, how we see it, our perspective. This difficulty actually might not be the worst thing in the world. It might be the very thing that's going to help prepare you to become the person you need to become so you can accomplish things that God wants you to accomplish in your marriage, in the workplace, as a student, as, 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 um, in whatever, whatever sphere you find yourself in, that he's developing something in you. So I asked, as I was studying, I asked the question, why, why all this? Why the tests? Why the trials? Why character? What is he trying to, to find? And I would say this. What God is trying to see is, is, is he's trying to de- determine our trustworthiness. Trustworthiness is a product of stability established through tests over time. When, when something is tested over time and we see that it passes over and over and it does well, we have we trust that thing. It's trust, it's, it, it, we, we know that it's trustworthy, that, that we can we can have confidence in that. Um, so trustworthiness is it's a it's a product that's uh, over time. Uh, these tests that go our way? It's it's the tempering process that's building our character. We're becoming more and more trustworthy. So as we go through difficulties, it actually shows that we are capable to make decisions. We're capable to manage things. We're, we're capable to be able to help accomplish things in our lives. And over and over, he's wanting to, to, to establish trustworthiness. I would think, I think this is one of the main things God is actually after in our lives, is for us to be able to trust him. And he also wants to be able to trust us. So when it comes to the heart, he's looking for people that have the right heart so he can trust them Entrust them with, and entrust us with the things of his of, of him. I, imagine, imagine you're an owner of a very expensive company, billion dollar company, and you're about to retire. You're about to pass it off to the next person. What would you want to know about the next person that you're about to give all this power and all this influence to? You want to make sure they'd be able to stand under it, right? Because here's the thing about power: power it kills. And if you're not ready to, to receive the power and the, and the, the leadership or, or the responsibility, you actually, it'll crush you. And so the way that you, you make sure somebody's ready for something is you allow them to prove themselves that they have the character to be able to stand under that responsibility. Because here's the thing. I know every single one of us want to do more with our lives. We want to be healthier. We want to accomplish more things. But we don't have the character to actually stand up under those dreams. Like if God gave us all the dreams that we wanted, it would actually crush us and do more harm to us. Because we've not allowed him to develop the character. But if we'll embrace the process and say, God, I trust you in this. I know you're developing something. And we pass the test after test after test. He actually will will bring those things into our life. He'll allow us to do more things with our life. And here's why. Why trust is so important. Because trust is the currency of relationships. We can summarize the whole Bible through relationships. They asked Jesus, what's the summary of the law? What's the point of all this? He said, love God with everything you have and love your, your brother or neighbor yourself. Right? So love God, love people. It's about relationships. Everything in this is about for us to have healthy relationships with one another. And trust is, is the currency of relationship. In fact, if there's no trust, there's no relationship. You, right? If, if you, there's some in your life that you don't trust, how much do you open up your life to them? Not a whole lot. You're guarded. You're very suspicious. You're very leery and worried. Why? Because there's no trust. But the person that you have absolute trust in... You're like, whatever, you can, you can see me any day of the week and I trust you. In fact, the Hebrew idea of trust means that we actually care less in that relationship. Why? Because we know the other person has our best in mind. Um, for me as, as a father, right? so my kids, the number one thing I can do for my kids is win their heart. If I can win my kids' heart, everything else will follow along after that. See, as long as my kids don't believe that my heart ha- has their best, it, 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 my, that I don't have their best of interest... And I'm thinking only for myself, man. I don't capture their heart because they're always going to be suspicious. What is Dad really after? But if they understand, man, I got, Dad, my Dad has my heart because He wants the best for me. They're willing to say yes to difficult things, and they're willing to say no to things that we say don't to say no to because they're trusting their father or their mother. And if I can get their heart, I can get everything else. But if I only demand and I don't have their heart, and I only make them do things, as soon as they leave, their heart goes. Everything else goes. And this is what the Bible is saying. We're talking about the stewardship series is, is God is saying, I want to see where your heart's at. Because if I have your heart, then I have everything else. But if I don't have your heart, then I really don't have anything. Because wherever your heart is, right, it's going to follow all the things you value. It shows and demonstrates what you value. So God is trying to develop trust in our relationship with him. Uh, so some of you might be in this room. Maybe you have had a bad church experience. Maybe, um, maybe you've never gone to church and you're here and you're like, what is this all about? Um, I would say throughout the, the Bible, over and over, God is wanting us to know that he's trustworthy. And in that, he's also saying, I also want to develop this relationship where I can trust you with the things of my kingdom. Like, I want to give you the ability to accomplish things in life, but I want to help develop your character so you can do these things and it won't hurt you. Um, God even allowed his son to go through, through testing before, before um, Jesus began his ministry. It says that that, uh, the enemy came after Jesus had fasted for 40 days, hadn't eaten anything for 40 days. The enemy came and tempted him for food. And and then Jesus passed the three tests that all of us will face. Every test, every temptation you face, it will fall in one of these three categories. The appetite, um, for for fame and glory, uh, or for power. Those are the three tests that he was given. How will he do when it comes to appetites? How will it come with those things that we want that our, that our, our flesh wants, whether it's sex or, or food or uh, indulging in things that, through, through food or drink? Uh, this could be drugs, alcohol. How do we respond when it comes to the appetites of our life? And then how, how do we respond when it comes to, to, to glory and to fame and to, to resources and, or to, to money? How do we respond to that? And the third one is power. How do we respond when we're given the ability to control, when we're given the ability to rule over and to, to lead? And in, in, in those three tests, it says, Jesus, he passed them all to show us how and give us a way to do it. But it's because God was allowing him to be tested to show what's in his heart, not just not to defeat him, but to actually strengthen him and show there's something here for you. Don't miss it. And, and, and the reason is because relationships, they move at the speed of trust. And, and the more we trust God, the more we're, we're able to invite him in to say, all right, wherever you lead me, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust you. I don't necessarily like where, where this is at the moment, but I'm going to trust you that you have me here for a reason. And I'm going to do my best here so that I can be, eventually become what you want. I said last week that a lot of times we're praying for something better or something more, whether it's a new job or a new relationship. But, but if we would actually pray and say, God, help me to be the best I can in this, I believe two things would happen. God would actually give us a better job or a better relationship, or he'll make us better in the middle of that so that we can have success. But as long as we're saying, uh, I want something else, I want something else, I don't trust you, then, then we don't ever accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. He's saying in the middle of what you're facing, just trust me. You're, you're where you're at for a reason, and you're not going to move forward until you pass that test. Just trust me, because our relationship will move faster the more you trust me. And here's the thing when it comes to um, relationships, is, is healthy relationships, they have, they have a lot of trust. There's a lot of trust in them. And God is, is pointing to our heart and, and letting us go through this test because he's trying to reveal something to us. He says, hey, pay attention. When you're driving down the road, right, and the test that's in front of you is, is a, long, a long line of traffic and you're late, that could be a test. Why are you getting so upset? That's revealing something about you. Well, you think you're more important than everybody else, and everybody else should get off the road because they don't know you're coming through. Right? It's revealing something about our character, revealing about how we think, how we view things. Um, and here's the reason why is because, as long as we're unaware, we can't fix it because we can't fix anything that we're unaware of. Um, I, I heard I heard a great statement yesterday. Is, um, uh, I heard that what, what's not revealed cannot be healed. Like if as long as it's hidden, as long as we don't know it's there, uh, we will never be able to fix it. And, and that's the thing. God knows our hearts. He knows he knows the, the, the things that we will succumb to those things that will fall under the pressure will fall under. And instead of just ignoring it, he actually says, let me help you to be the kind of person that can overcome that. And push through and make it. In fact, I think that our greatest danger is, is not knowing what's inside our heart. We can say like this, that ignorance of self may be our greatest danger. Because it's right in, it's in us and we don't, we're not even aware of it. We miss it. And God is saying, let me help you on this journey to reveal these things so you can have healthy relationships. So you can accomplish the things you want to accomplish in life. But it's going to take trust. I want to trust you with things, so prove yourself that you're trustworthy. And I want you to know that I am trustworthy. You can, you can trust me, is what God is saying. And over and over, I think this is the thing I love about the Bible the most, is over and over God says, I don't change. I'm the same. You can trust me. It doesn't change. I don't require this thing one day and the next day I require this thing. It's the same thing. I'm the same God over and over and over. So here's the question. How do we build trust? How do we, how do we build this trust in our, in our life? See, God, he uses a lot of things. He'll use people, he'll use things, he'll use people's things to test us, to show us. Um, the difference between a, a temptation, a, tr- a trial, um, and a test is, well, temptation, James tells us, that, that every temptation comes from our own desire within us. Like there's just something in us that wants something, and it just shows itself. That's a temptation. We want something that a lot of times we can't have. Um, but that comes from within us. A test is where, where we go through something to, to, to prove or show what's there. Like, are we, are we competent? Are we able to overcome this? Do we have the character to overcome that? Um, and then a trial will just be a difficulty in life. Something that just comes our way. Not necessarily something that was planned, not something that God is actually saying, this is for you, but just sickness. Um, something that shows up all of a sudden. It's a trial. In, in the middle of it, God, God is saying, I can help you. I can help you with this. Um, I want to I I show you if there's moral weakness in your life. I want to reveal those black spots in your life so that we can work on that. So you can become the kind of person that can be trusted with real treasure, with real, real relationships, um, so that we can remove those things and your heart will be, be pure, your heart will be strong. Um, over and over, we see this in the people uh, that, that, um, that were used by God the most. They were willing to say, God, man, show me my heart, like reveal to me. I, I see there's something that's not right here. Help me to know this. Uh, in Proverbs 3, 5 through, through 6, um, Solomon, he's writing these, these, these um, verses of wisdom of, of these proverbs to his kids and he's saying he's saying listen to my instructions pay attention uh, the first week we talked about uh proverbs where it says if, if you'll trust god if you, you'll put him with the first fruits like you're saying it's a face statement saying god i trust you at the first of my life he'll bless the rest well a few verses before that this is what solomon says he says trust in the lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take Solomon is saying if you'll trust God with everything, he'll take care of your life. God is trustworthy. Over and over the scripture, that's what God is saying. I want I want to see that I can trust you, but I want you to also know that you can trust me. Trusting in the Lord. In fact, Proverbs three, if you read, this, read the subtitle of that of that whole chapter, it's called Trusting in God. It's 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 Solomon giving advice on saying, let your heart trust in God. Make sure you're aware of where your heart is. Don't put it your trust in other things, put it in God. And here's some things you can do. And over and over, he's telling through Proverbs how, we can, how, how that shows up in our life when it comes to God. Jeremiah, the prophet, uh, 17, verse, uh, chapter 17, he says it like this, 5 through 10. He says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength, and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. So he's going to give a comparison here in a second. But so the prophet Jeremiah is, is, is comparing people who put their trust in God and put their trust in, in mere humans, in, in our understanding. Like we only do what we think. And he, 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 he draws this comparison of the two. So, so the first one he says, those people who put their trust in mere humans, they, they turn their hearts away from God. This is what they can expect. No hope for the future. But then he goes on and says this, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Those people are going to be blessed. They're like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by the long months of drought. Their leaves stay green, and they never stop producing fruit. So he gives a comparison of two people. This is a comparison. It's it's, it's a a bush and a tree. He's saying, depending on your environment, depending on how you view things, your worldview, depending on what you're connected to, depending on where you put your trust, will determine the kind of life you'll have. And here's the choice we have. We can do our own thing and things that we know and what, what human wisdom tells us and what culture tells us. Or we can say, I think I'm going to trust God in this situation. It's, it's like if we went to the store, down the road right here to Lowe's, right hardware store. And we went to their, their, their garden department. We went and picked two trees, two identical trees, same size, looked the same. And we took one tree and we planted it over by the Rio Grande, right next to it, planted it in the soil, got a good little home. And we took the other tree to the middle of the desert, Put it in desert somewhere off yonder right, and just put it there and left it. So first day, there won't be a lot of change. They look the same. A few days into it, probably not a lot of change. Maybe even a couple of weeks, probably stay the same. But over months and years, you begin to see the drastic difference in the in the in the way those trees actually would would produce fruit or not produce fruit. It'd be very evident pretty quickly. And this is the, the picture that, that Jeremiah is showing us. Those who don't trust God are just are going to keep going through life and going through these challenges. And they don't, they don't ever open their eyes to say, God, what are you trying to do here? They'll be like shrubs that are just shriveled up and dried up there. Their relationships won't be healthy. Their life won't be healthy because their trust is in the wrong thing. But those that are planted by the water, those are the people that put their trust in God. Even when difficulties come, even when there's not a lot of rain that's falling – they're not worried. Why? Because they know where their source is and they put their trust in God. And they're at a place where they say, God, I trust you with everything. It doesn't matter what comes my way. I trust you with everything. And when we live this kind of life, God always blesses that life. It's not easy. It's not an initially easy thing that just everything comes easy our way, but God comes our way easily. But God is using that to help develop us so we can put our trust in him. Um, he goes on and says this. Jeremiah continues the, the, the idea. He says, The human heart, is the most deceitful thing, of all, deceitful of all things, and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? So he's saying, our hearts can deceive us. Our hearts can lead us astray. Next week, we're going to talk about this. Right? How, how um, we'll give some help on how to guard your heart, how to make sure we take care of it. But he says this: "But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve." God is saying he knows your heart. Like he knows what's there. And, and, and it, it's possible, maybe just for a little think about this, that when you go through difficulties, it's actually God's invitation to say, hey, deal with this, because it's not going to produce anything good in your life. Hey, why do you get so mad when somebody says that to you? What's really there? What's the issue? Why do you get so mad when somebody cuts you off in traffic? Well, I know it's disrespectful, but why does it bother you so much that you want to like hurt them, right? Why, why does the words that flow after that come out? Wh- wh- where is that coming from? And the things that we face on a daily basis, why is that? Last week we talked about comparison in our hearts, right? When we're comparing things. Well, when you're washing dishes, you can think of that as a really bad thing. Like, man, I always have to wash these dishes. Or you can think of it as, wow, my family ate today. And we ate really good. And this is just part of us eating really good. Because I guarantee there's people in our world that don't have dishes they have to wash. And they really don't have a lot of food they can eat too. It's all about how we think about things. It's a perspective we have because our heart and God is saying, when you face these things, where do your thoughts go? Is this a negative or is it possibly the possibility that I want to do something good here? Paul tells us in Romans, right? Consider it. Rejoice in these things when you face challenges. And James tells us, consider it pure joy when you face challenges and trials. Why? Because God is trying to produce something. It's like he's got this metal sword. And he's trying to fashion it. He's trying to work on those, those character defects and those character flaws so we can become better, we can become stronger. Why? Because God believes in you. And every time you face something, it's actually God saying, you can actually get through this. You don't have to give in to that temptation. You can get through this. You don't have to become that person. You don't have to stay stuck living in that pattern over and over and over. You can actually get through that. And the reason he, I can say that with confidence is because he's allowing you to go through it, which means he wants you to pass the test. Because, it, because the Bible tells us that he'll never give us the test that we can't stand under. Like he'll never put it. He loves us so much that he won't put something on top of us that will crush us. But he'll build us up to get to a place where we can withstand those things that he wants to accomplish in our lives. I want God to do great things in my life. But I have to partner with him in saying, God, you develop in me the ability to stand up under those things that you want me to accomplish. We all want more resources. We all want the ability to do more things. But we're not, we're not saying, God, work in my life so I can stand up under that pressure. We're actually just saying, God, I want everything, but I want it to be easy. And God is saying, that's not how it works. Because if I give it to you, it crushes you. And I don't want you to be crushed. I want you to be strong. If, if you go too soon, you'll be in battle and you'll break because you weren't ready for battle. You weren't ready for the difficulties. I want to develop you to be able to get there. Why? So you can accomplish the things I want you to accomplish. And in that, we actually develop more trust in God because we go through these things knowing, wow, God got me through that. I think he can get through the next thing. Yes, this looks really difficult, but you remember that time it was really difficult 10 years ago? Remember the financial strain we were under and God got us through that? I think he can get us through this too. Remember that moment where we thought all hope was lost and God helped us get through that? I think he can get us through this too. And when we face challenges over and over. He's saying, just put your trust in me. Let me help you. Um, this whole series about the heart, it, it goes down to this one principle in, in Matthew. Uh, so we, the first week we read, we read how in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is saying, when you pray, he gives us this, the, you know, all these instructions when we're following him, how to live life when we pray, when we fast, when we give. Um, and he goes into these teachings about worrying and not, not worrying about what's, what's going to come our way, trusting God, not, like, not worrying about the food we're going to eat, the clothes we're going to wear, but just to say, God, I'm going I'm to trust you for all things. And then he makes a statement. And this is really the heart underlying principle of the whole series is this. Matthew six thirty three? it says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. The principle is saying, who is first in your heart? As long as you're first in your heart, all you're doing is you're seeking your good things. You're seeking your kingdom and you're seeking your own good things. Because it's all about you. But when you let God be first in your heart, you begin to trust him and say, it's not just about me. What do you want to develop here? And the things he has for us are way better than the things that we want for ourselves. Why? Because he's a good father who knows what we need, who knows what's going to energize us, who knows what's going to really make our life fulfilling. Like he has plans for you to accomplish things in this world. And if you'd partner with him, you would have the most fulfillment in life, more than those ideas that you have of buying whatever or, or owning whatever or doing whatever. Because he knows how you're wired, how you're made. And when you use those gifts that he's given you, when you use your personality, all of a sudden you begin to ac- accomplish the things he wants you to, you come alive. Why? Because you're designed a specific way. And if you'll trust God in that, you'll accomplish those things that he has. He says, seek me first in my righteousness. Seek my ways. Seek. Put me first. And all these things will be given to you as well. See, whatever... In our life, whatever takes the place of God just shows that he's not first. So when it comes to finances, the reason we talk about finances is because it's one of the easiest ways to show where our, where our values are. That's what the point of his, his teaching was, is your heart follows your treasure. The things you value, your heart follows. But, but your time is the same way, your, your relationships. All of these things show where your heart is. He said, I want to be about the heart. Put me first. So if God is not God in a specific area in your life, it's because you haven't trusted him there yet. You haven't allowed him in. It, you, you're, you're like the, the, the tree that's in the desert saying, no, I'm going to do this on my own. You've got to say, no, you have to trust me in that area too. Just trust me in that area. Let me be the Lord of everything. I, I heard one, one, one person said, if, if God is not the Lord of all, then he's really not Lord at all in your life. Like he's either – you've either given him the ability to lead you in all areas or you're really not your God. You're not following him. You're just doing your own thing. You're a, a mix of other stuff. And God is saying, seek me first and everything else will be taken care of. So here's my challenge to wrap up the service today. My challenge is this. Uh, this, this week and today, would you put your trust in God? Maybe you're here today and you've never done that before. I'll give you a moment to, to put your trust in for the first time and to be in this journey. But, but here's the thing. See every challenge as an opportunity to grow. This week, what if you looked at every conversation that you don't like as a challenge, as an opportunity to grow? What if you looked at every challenge that came your way, every trial, every test? Every temptation has an opportunity to grow. What would your week look like? Instead of being frustrated, maybe you'd begin to be like like James, be like, wow, I actually have some joy in this because I don't only really want this, but maybe God is saying I have something for you in this. I don't only really like that conversation, but maybe God is trying to help me become stronger in this area so that I can be a leader in this area. Maybe God is trying to develop something in me so that one day I can use this very thing to help others. Okay, the temptation's here again, but... Maybe God is wanting me to overcome, so I don't have to keep going over this thing over and over. And we invite God in. So I think a lot of times that when 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 we're faced with tests and trials, when we don't allow God to develop what he wants in us, we have to just face that over and over. And Sometimes that test is going to be 10 days. Sometimes sometimes that test is going to be 50 days. Don't give up at 49. Don't give up at 9 days, because then you don't pass a test and you have to go through it again and again. But rather saying, God, I embrace what you have. Help me to get through this. So, are you ready to trust God today? Some of you in this room, um because of bad experiences, because of hurt, whatever it is, at some point in your life, you've chosen not to trust God. And you you've actually probably said this in your life, I don't think God is trustworthy. Like he's a disconnected, like doesn't care about world, doesn't care about me and I'm going to do my own thing. And there's people in this room that have taken this stance and they actually you don't you don't think God is actually trustworthy. And today I believe God is saying, would you just trust me? Take one step. Let's see what this relationship looks like. Hey, that one area that, that really bothers you, that you're holding on to, trust me in that area. Just trust me. Give it to me. Let me lead you in that area and see that I, w- I can help you on this journey. And today I would love to be able to lead you in this, in, in, in this, this opportunity to be able to put our trust in God. Are you ready to trust God? See, see Psalms 37:5. It says, "Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him, and He'll help you." Committing is a faith statement of saying it's an action of faith, saying I'm I'm going to commit everything to You. And then trust is an attitude that follows it, saying in all things I'm going to just keep following Your way. I'm going to follow Your way. I'll trust in You. Romans 10:9 it says that if we openly declare that 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 God, that Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, we'll be saved. So if we open to declare that God, that Jesus is Lord, and we believe that he rose from the dead, we'll be saved. If we confess, if we allow God to lead us, there's, there's, there's salvation there. But it, st- it starts with a faith statement of saying, God, I believe you're God. I believe you died on that cross in my place. I'm going to put my faith and my trust in you. And then every single day, whenever you face something, just invite God into that and say, God, help me on this journey. Like, be God in my life today in this moment help me in these difficult conversations the difficult challenges that I face help me to see what you see in this life so do me a favor would you close your eyes and bow your head today as we close service as I talk today I really believe at the at the heart of it all God is saying I want you to be able to trust me and I want to be able to trust you and that's a, that's a relationship it's developed over time Trustworthiness has developed through those, those challenges that we face over and over. But here's the thing, it has to start at some point. Every relationship has to, start, has to start at some point where we say, okay, I'll take a step in your direction because I'm going to put a little trust in you. And that person steps towards you. And it's a journey you begin to walk together, putting more and more trust in each other. And today I want to invite you to put your trust in God. Maybe for the first time, maybe you've walked away and it's been a long time. And you would say, God, I put my trust in you today. If that's you, I want to lead you into prayer. I won't call you to the front, just in your seat where you're at. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand in a second. If that's you, saying, today I want to put my trust in God. I need his help. I've been looking at life, maybe in the wrong way, as a punishment, as, a, as God's way of not caring. But in fact, he's inviting me to become a stronger person, a better person. If that's you today, and you want to put your trust in God, would you do me a favor and lift your hand? right, now, wherever you're at. Awesome. Anybody else? I put my trust in you today, God. I see your hands. Awesome. Thank you. For all that you raise your hand, I'm going to lead you in a. It's a simple prayer. It's an invitation of saying, "God, lead me on this journey." The Bible says that if we, if we invite God, if we acknowledge that He is Lord, and we believe in our hearts that He died and rose and rose again, that we'll be saved. It's a, it's a journey. It's a relationship that we say, "God, because of Your sacrifice, we can have a relationship with You." And today we're just going to pray, say a simple prayer of saying, "God, I put my trust in You." So, if you raise your hand, would you pray that prayer? If you're a Christ follower. Now, would you join us in praying so nobody's praying alone? Just pray this with me. Say, say, God, today I acknowledge that I need your help. I can't do it on my own. Today I put my trust in you. I put my faith in you. I believe that Jesus is Lord. And that he died on that cross in my place. And that he's alive today. And I put my trust in him. Thank you for giving me a way to have a relationship with you. Today, I invite you to lead me in every area of my life. Help me to trust you more. Develop in me those things that you want to develop. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those that pray today? If we pray that prayer.